0: Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. This morning I'm going to take a break from Ephesians for a week, and Lord willing we'll go back to Ephesians 5 next week. Um, Lord has a little different direction. If you need a Bible, I see the ushers standing there. So if you just wave at them, if you like to have a copy of the scripture, we put the scripture on the overhead, but if you'd like to have an actual copy and you left yours at home or in the car, the ushers have those for you. Sometimes people say, Troy, why do you still do this? Because we've got technology now, we don't actually have to have hardbound, I I know, but I'm a dinosaur, okay, and I I like them, I, I like uh, I like the feel of it. So if you're like me and you're a dinosaur but you happen to forget yours, then we give you that option, all right? And if you like technology, then God bless you, all right? You're, you, can, you can do it that way too. So I will say as I get older, the nice thing about technology is I can increase the size. And that, and that, that is nice. So um, I used to laugh at my dad about all these things that now I experience. <laughs> so anyway course, my children do the same thing, and I just chuckle and think your day's coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's good. This morning, we're in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. <laughs> yeah, not Ephesians. John chapter 10. Lord willing, we'll get back to um, Ephesians next week. Earlier this week, I um Actually, a couple weeks ago, I, been, I began to notice my car didn't feel exactly right when I was driving it. And nothing major, it wasn't, no lights were on, no warning lights, nothing. It, just, I, I, it was my dad's car, and when he passed away, I took it. I've been driving it for 11 years. I, re, I really enjoy it. And I know how it feels because I've been driving it for 11 years. And it just didn't feel right. And I told Lori, I said, something doesn't feel. She said, I can't tell. I said, it just doesn't feel quite right. So I take it into the mechanic that I go see. I told him, I said, you know, there's nothing major. He said, you need an oil change or something. going on. I go, no, it's not time for an oil change. It just doesn't feel right. And uh, so anyway, they took time and, and looked it over. And he called me in a little while. And he said, well you've got a couple things going on. One is a, a caliper that, that's locking up every once in a while, and of course that's done some damage to rotor and all, and he says you've got a little alignment issue that's going on, all this kind of messing with it. And he said it is minor, but he said I, I can tell it, it's there. So anyway, he, he fixed it and charged me. My first car doesn't cost, didn't cost as much as most of our repairs nowadays cost, but anyway. That's a story for another day, um, but anyway, so we got it all fixed, and and uh, I'm driving it, and it feels, it's like oh yeah, that's that's the way it's supposed to feel. Just a little bit of being not quite lined up makes a huge difference. And to be honest with you, in my walk with Jesus, I've had that feel for a good portion of last year, where it didn't feel quite lined up. Now. I'm gonna quickly jump ahead here because when a pastor starts a conversation like this, a lot of times people think, where's he going? I'm not going anywhere by God's grace and mercy. I'm not leaving, okay? This is a different conversation, okay? All right, so just relax and breathe, okay? I remember when our previous pastor left, when I was associate and our previous pastor left, and then I began, you know, I moved into that role for several years. I would leave to go on vacation, and before I would leave, I'd have people come to me, are you coming back? And yes, I'm just going on vacation. fact, I probably won't even go to church anywhere, all right? If that makes you feel any better, I'll be a heathen. I won't even go to church anywhere. Um, so um, this is not that. But it, I did feel like something wasn't lined up. It just, in, in, in walking with the Lord, that God was Almost like he was saying, I'm, I'm kind of moving this way, Troy, and you're still trying to go a little bit off of that. And so praying and working through all of that and began to try to hone in on, God, what is it you're saying and what you're doing? And the more I was hearing, the more I was honing in, I was struggling and I was wrestling with it because I didn't necessarily love what I, all that I was hearing. And so kind of working through that process, uh, eventually the Lord bringing me to a place where I say, okay, Lord, I surrender. I will follow you. I will line up. I will walk with you. It's really important that we understand this because in John 10, we have this very familiar story. And if you look at that passage, you're going to immediately recognize these verses. If you've been around church or been on a Bible study or anything, you've probably heard this many times. But at the beginning of John chapter 10, Jesus is talking to me. He says, truly, truly, King James said, verily, verily. But Pay attention, is what he's saying. This is truth. This is, I am not messing with you. This is very, very important. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Now, there's a lot of interpretation with this. I'm not going to get into all of that today. That's not the point of this message. There's a lot of different ways we could go. Uh, Jesus is talking very specifically about the nation of Israel and the church and what he's doing and bringing Gentiles. I mean, there's a lot that's going on here. We're not going to touch any of that this morning. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's an important phrase. We're going to come back to it in a minute. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. It's an interesting for the way this is phrased all in here. He calls them by, his sheep hear his voice. He calls them by name. There seems to be an indication in scripture in several different places that God has his own name for us. And that when he calls us by that name, I believe that's when we often say, I heard the Lord. He called us by name and he got our attention. Whatever that name is, spiritually, we heard it. He got our attention. He calls them by name. And I'm told though I was not a shepherd 2,000 years ago nor any time since, I, I'm told that even today in the East that shepherds will name their sheep. They often give them individual names. Verse 4, when he, was brought, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. I love that. He doesn't drive them. He leads them. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. I want to show you a picture and I think Liz has this picture um, that hopefully we can throw up there. There we go. This is a sheepfold, okay, or an example of a sheepfold. Um, usually made, often, especially in Israel, made out of stone and different objects, but there are a lot of stone around, a lot of rock. Uh, it was a protective place. And my understanding is. That there would be times, often the shepherds with his sheep all the time, especially he's out in the field or whatever. But there were times and reasons where a shepherd would bring the sheep into a sheepfold, and often, according to historians, the sheepfold actually could be under the charge of a gatekeeper. Um, The the it's really two Greek words there: it's gate and care, the one who cared for the gate and you see there's no gate on that it's just an opening but often that was the case there was an opening in the wall if you will and the gatekeeper positions himself there in that place the sheep are allowed into the corral if you will into that fold into the sheepfold there's protection for them from animals from from others who would come and it wouldn't be uncommon to have multiple herds in the same corral or sheepfold I use corral because I grew up with cattle, all right? But in sheep, the sheepfold, they, would have, they could have multiple flocks. Different shepherds, different flocks. So the picture that we have in here when Jesus is speaking, and John's recording this, is that for whatever reason the shepherd had to be away from his sheep, or, or he had them in this place, he would come... And he would come to the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper would recognize him. he say, this is the shepherd. But it was, it, was a, it was a double protection, if you will. It was double encrypted. All right? First, the gatekeeper recognizes the shepherd. But secondly, the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. So some other shepherd shows up and starts trying to call sheep out that are not his own. The sheep don't recognize his voice. They don't follow. Because they don't hear his voice. They don't recognize it. And so the scripture says in John... The shepherd comes and he knows his sheep. He calls them by name. They hear his voice. They follow and he leads them out and leads them to wherever the next place is that they're supposed to go. All of the Christian life is pictured in this picture. All of the Christian life. I mean, not every, the core principle behind the Christian life is pictured here. Because the Christian life is a life of you and me as sheep following the shepherd. We follow what he says. Sheep don't get to determine where they go. Sheep don't get to determine how long it takes to get there or what path they take. Sheep don't really determine a whole lot in their life other than one thing. Will they hear and respond to the voice of the shepherd? That's really all that sheep do. And that's what he says we are. We are sheep. You may want to be a lion, but we're not. We're sheep. You say, Lord, I'd rather be a horse. I like horses. They're pretty and majestic. We're not horses. We're sheep. The more you learn about sheep, that's not very flattering. (laughs) But that's what we're called, sheep. Sheep are very vulnerable. They're not like lions. They don't have a lot of self-protection. Even horses have more protection than sheep. I mean, literally, sheep can be scared to death. I mean, literally, you can just say boo, and they fall over and die. I mean, there are evidence, there's evidence, there are records of people, of sheep, just being scared to death. They get turned over and can't get up in their little legs, and they're laying there and they get bloated in the gases, and they can't get themselves back up, they die. They go into a field that's not been prepared. They eat the wrong stuff. They're not supposed to, because it's just there, they just eat, they die. Lord I want to be something besides a sheep I don't want to be a sheep he says you're the sheep I'm the shepherd by the way as much as I'd like to think I'm not that vulnerable I really am I really am that vulnerable especially spiritually if I'm not following the shepherd I can get in a mess in a hurry all of us can testify to that we, we could go all day and into the night with testimonies of us not following the shepherd and the mess that it created. So I've, I've done this long enough now. I believe I, I, I recognize his voice, even sometimes when I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and I recognize the fact that when he's calling, he's asking me to line up to where he's saying, I want you to go. This is a season for us in the life of our church where I believe the Lord's saying that. I want you to line up to where I'm asking you to go. And again, I wrestled with it for a long time because I didn't really want to do it. And I'll explain a little bit more in a minute why not. Let me tell you where I believe the Lord's leading us, and then I'll talk a little bit about some of the why and in it and a little bit of the details. Though more details will come in the future. I believe that the Lord is. There's come a time where the Lord has said, "I want you to take and go to multiple services." And I have resisted that for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, some of you right now are sitting there and you're upset with me because you were counting on the fact that I was going to resist it and we would never have to do it. (laughs) Some of you have told me, I'm so grateful pastor, we'll never have to do two services or three services because you won't do it. And I would have said, you're right, I'm not gonna do it. I wouldn't do it now in my own flesh, I would not. Um, because there is something very special about the DNA of what God does here and and has put here at LifePoint. And often I've had conversations with pastors, other churches and different things who have multiple services and we'll talk about different things and, and I talk about the fact of how I, I like to know people. I like to connect, interact. I like for people to connect and interact, biblical community to happen. I don't want this just to be, we herd one group of cattle in and then we run them out and herd another group in. And This is not an event, folks. This isn't a show. It's the body being the body and Jesus being the head, showing what he can do through a body. I, I say this and I don't say it in a self-deprecating way. So please don't hear that because some people I start saying, they say, oh no, people don't come here to hear me preach. And they don't come here because we've got the best worship team. And although they're really good and I love them and they lead us into worship, we don't have, you don't, people don't go around and say, you got to go to, to LifePoint because of the worship team. Or you've got to go to LifePoint because they have the best children's ministry. Or you got to go to LifePoint because they have the best youth ministry or any other ministry. You don't hear that. You may hear that in other places where you need to go because of this. Do you know what people say about LifePoint. I can't explain to you what it is, but there's something different. And you know why it's different? Because it's not any one thing. It's all of those things that God brings together. And he causes his spirit to bring about a love and a care and a community that is what he intends for us to experience, but so seldom do we experience it in this life. And I love it. I want it. I fight for it. I'm diligent about it. I understand community. It's how I'm wired. And I never believed you could have that if you do multiple services. Because somehow you lose it. I bought into and have often repeated the phrase, you know, if you have multiple services, you have multiple churches. Actually, that's not true, but it does seem Like it could be. And sometimes it's been modeled for us that way. Plus I have had bad experiences with multiple services. And some of you may have as well. So all of these things are going on in me. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to go there. But I'm a sheep. Not the shepherd. And so. The Lord began to speak. And and some of the things he began to speak to my heart. was Troy. You've forgotten the fact that what I do at LifePoint will be uniquely LifePoint. Even multiple services will be uniquely LifePoint. The fact is that as he multiplies and allows, because here's the place we are, folks. We're at a place where we have to do something or we have to lock our doors at a particular time and say, I'm sorry, you can't come in. And I don't believe that's God's call for us to say, I'm sorry, we're full, there's no room in the inn. Now there's a part of me in my humanness that would like to do that very thing. It's like, Well, so sad. You you know, too bad, you lost out. Should have gotten here earlier. I don't you know. There's a part of me, and maybe a part of you, that would say that. I don't see Jesus ever saying that. I also recognize that there is a challenge even now in the fact that it's not multiple churches, but it will be multiple congregations. But we have that now. If you go to 6-4 on Sunday morning, that's a congregation. If you're in Bob's class, that's a congregation. If you're in here, that's a congregation. If you're in children's, that's a congregation. It's congregating together. It can be one church, have all kinds of congregations. But here's the thing that the Lord really laid on my heart and I look forward to, and I'm actually asking strongly, okay? I'm asking strongly. Almost like I don't want to ask, I want to command, but I'm not commanding. I'm asking strongly that all of the church would gather on this campus between 10, 30, and 11 when we go to our new schedule. Between the two services, we're going to build space margins because the reality is that whether you're in first service or second service that in between space becomes this time where we know one another where we pray with one another where we sit down and just fellowship with one another where we testify to one another and for one another where we do the one another It's one thing to talk about the one another's. It's another thing to live the one another's. And here's what the Lord began to stir in me that got me excited, is we can have more one anothering than we've ever had, even though we have multiple services. We can have more. That he can both multiply and deepen at the same time. See, I didn't believe that before. I believed that multiplying meant shallowing. And the Lord said, no, I can multiply and deepen. I can do that. Man cannot do that, but I can do that. And so I'm asking you that when we do this, when we go, and you begin to pray about, and by the way, don't just decide, well, I'm going to do an earlier one, I'm going to do a later one. Don't decide that. You're a (laughs) sheep. Sheep don't decide. Shepherds decide. Not sheep. I'm not doing this because I want to, because I'm sheep. You're a sheep too. All right? So you don't just say, I'll just pick what I want. No. You go, go to both. Maybe not necessarily on the same day, although you can do it. Somebody asked me before, as we were walking in here, what if I want to go to both? Well, then go to both. We're not going to kick you out. I mean, you know, do both. They're going to be different. Even though they're the same, they'll be different. I mean, I'll be preaching the same message, but it's never the same. You don't ever preach this message the same way twice. I don't anyway. (laughs) Maybe some guys do. I don't. The worship will be, it may be the same songs, but it won't be the same. And it may not be the same songs because we have a tendency to go wherever the shepherd says go. And we're purposely going to build that in. That's one of my concerns. I didn't want to have the pressure of another service coming along. And now I have to... Hurry up and finish this one because we got another one. I don't want to live that. So we're purposely building margins within our services so that when God does like he does last week and says, call the body, any who want to be anointed and prayed for, call them. Let's do that. Now that takes a little time. So we build time in. Because if God calls and says, I want to do this, there's space for him to do it. Some of you The thought of this, either because of bad experience or because you picture in your mind what it will be or what will be lost, it causes you to grieve. And I would say to you, I understand because I've been grieving a little bit myself. I believe that what God does will be better than we can ever imagine, but that doesn't mean it won't change. Things do change. But let's face it. If we hadn't changed over the last 20 years, many of you wouldn't be here and the love that we have for you and the love that you have for us and the life that we do together would be here. I look back and think over and over and over again, God has done this. When he's called us, whatever it might be. I remember when he called me and Lori to what was then First Baptist Palm Bay. And I remember noel looking at me pastor noel he was senior pastor back then i remember him looking at me one day and said troy i am convinced that god wants you here in this place i got plenty for you to do and i can't pay you (laughs) and he said that to a guy who was without a job at the moment and i thought well that's a great offer i mean how do i turn that down (laughs) And I remember Lori and I wrestling with it. And Lori wrestled with it because I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but for most of you as women, security is a big deal. You understand that? That's the way God made you. It's not that it isn't for men, but we're just wired a little differently. And I was still young back then. I figured, you know, anything's possible, you know. And I remember going through that together. What does this look like? And when I finally did come on part-time for $600 a month, I remember thinking, well, that probably won't cut it. Uh, Even back then, that won't cut it. $600 a month won't provide for all, all our needs. And so other jobs came along. And last night, or yesterday sometime, Lori and I are driving into our neighborhood, and God reminded me of something I had not thought about in 21 years. We were driving into the neighborhood. And because... The Lord said I want you to come be part of this body and Noel said we can't pay you and I started doing part time there and then I worked several other things one of them was with Jeff with Gretchen's brother I worked putting up soffit and siding with him and and he would pay me $50 a day to help him put up siding and I talked to Noel about it and so we worked all my other work stuff around working, putting up siding and then if it rained we couldn't put it up so I'd come to work that day, you know, we, so we worked around all these things and then I did a couple other things and then they came along and said, you know, the church lawn, this was the old church lawn, um, We we pay someone to do that and we're in between people right now so if you'd like to take that on and so That was $350 a month to do the church lawn. Of course, I spent about half that time working on the old lawnmower they had at the time. It was a piece of junk. Um, And so anyway, but all these pieces that God put together... But while I was working with Jeff, we were putting siding up in some new houses in this neighborhood. I didn't even know it was there. matter of fact, I would have never known it was there. Today, 21 years later, we live in phase two of that development where I was helping put siding up back 21 years ago. I'd have never known it was there. And God reminded me, and he said, what you thought was terrible at the time. I was laying a foundation for something you couldn't even imagine. He's always that way because it's who he is. It's the kind of God that he is. So if there's a sense of fear or uncertainty or what will it be, I can't tell you all that because I don't know. All I can tell you is God's always giving good gifts to his children. And when we follow, he will lead us into pastures that will amaze us. They will amaze us. So I'm asking you to come on a journey with me. I've done this before with the church. Many times. Where I've asked the church to come on a journey with me. I'm going. I'm following the shepherd. The best I know how. I brought this. The reason I'm sharing this with you today. The elders have. We've talked about this multiple times through the years. Never went anywhere as elders. Not long ago probably around the beginning of the year, I brought it back to them again, let them know what God was doing in my heart and life. Because in every meeting we've had prior and in years past, I'm always the biggest opponent. It's like somebody bring it up like, no, no, we're not doing that. Keep on going. We can, we can save time without talking about that. I'm the one who brings it this time and ask them to pray. And I'm counting on the fact that out of these six guys, because there's seven elders, counting me, out of these six guys, somebody's going to be opposed. Somebody is. I mean, it it just is. Rarely is there anything that we bring up that somebody doesn't have a different perspective on. Then we have to pray through that, and sometimes it takes a while to pray. And I'm counting on it. I'm counting on the fact somebody's going to be opposed to this. It's going to take us a while to pray through this. We may get another few years out of this thing, you know. (laughs) They're all in agreement. All of them. Which I'm grateful for because it helps confirm. But part of my flesh was really counting on something else. And so I come to you. That was Monday night. So I come to you today. This past Monday night. Having wrestled through this. Having asked our elders to wrestle through it to sense God's timing in it. Now you may be very excited and I'm grateful for that. You're going to help all the rest of us come along. And I am, don't, don't, don't misunderstand, I am excited. I'm always excited when God's at work. I'm always excited about that. I also have done this enough to realize there are challenges ahead in all of this. One of the things that we're going to ask because of those challenges is that when we start this on March the 15th, um, that on Sunday morning, we're going to ask at least for five weeks that we not do adult Bible study or 6-4 during that time for those five weeks when we first start. It's not that we're never going to do them again. We just need a little bit of time. And the ministry That is the largest ministry here on Sunday mornings and probably has the most moving parts is children's ministry. And so working through how we're going to work that out in both services um, will take some time. And then how do the other pieces fit into that? And so it's not that we're canceling. We won't do these things. We're just simply saying for these five weeks we're asking. Let's not do them. And I want to encourage you, attend both services. Maybe not necessarily on the same day, but attend them. Go, Go to one and pray. Go to another and pray. Because at some point in this journey, we're going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, commit to one of those services. Commit to one. It's not like, oh, we'll see how I feel tomorrow. And if I feel like sleeping in, I'll go to 11 o'clock. And if I wake up early, I'll go to the early one. No. No. Nay. And any other Greek word I can think of, you know, I can throw in, whatever, but no, no. We are not doing this for convenience. We are doing this for commitment and connection. And so it isn't, ah, well, I can, I can get it out of the way early and have the rest of my day. That is not the thought process here. God may call you to the 9 o'clock service. And that's great. You commit there. You, you, he may also call you after you've worshipped at 9 o'clock and been with the body. And hear that at the next service, after you've stayed for the family time in between and in, interacted with the church. By the way, we'll set up Freedom Hall for this during that time. Really, it will be set up really basically from 10.15 to 11.15 each Sunday. There'll be some coffee and, th- and things in there. And you can sit in, around tables or in chairs. You can move around the campus and other places as well. Um, see, one of the neat things that we have here, because we don't have to get everybody off campus at the same time, we got plenty of parking. We just have to lay it out a little bit better, but you know, there's A lot of land out there. We can park a lot of cars. So we don't have to make you leave. We just can't all fit in here at the same time. And so we want to be here. We want to engage with one another. We want to pray for and encourage, get to know. It may be one of those things you spend some time with someone during that family, that fellowship time, and you get to know them and say, hey, why don't you come? Why don't we go get a bite to eat? Or, Why don't we run over and continue this at my house or whatever? I mean, it provides some margin for you to be able to engage with people. And maybe you do second service and you serve in the first one. And then you attend the second one, but you still have that in-between time. Some of you may say, hey, with this kind of schedule, I'll serve every week because I can also attend worship every week. I don't know. God will speak to you and all that. Some will say, no, I can't do that. That's okay. There'll be room for all of those things. But for those first five weeks, we're going to try to walk through them. There'll be adjustments that have to be made. There are things we don't, we're not even thinking. We're trying to think of everything, but there are things we're not thinking of yet. That will happen. And again, you may say, well, we just follow a model of some other church that does it. Remember, what God does here will be uniquely life point. So we can't just go copy what somebody else does because it may work there, won't necessarily work here because of who we are, because of the DNA, the unique DNA he has here. I look forward to it in this sense. At least initially, I'm assuming that, and again, it's probably wrong for me to assume because God always messes with my assumptions, but I'm assuming that if we have two services instead of one, they'll be a little bit smaller so I get to know everybody again. And I think, oh, that's really cool. But God probably will do something different and surprise me in that too. But here's the neat thing. As he expands it, he also makes it smaller. Only God can do that. It's God math. Only he can do that. He makes connections deeper even as it expands and multiplies. And that I look forward to. I'm excited about. As we go through this ministry, if you're already serving, ministry leaders will be in touch with you if they have not already and talking about what this looks like. If you're not serving right now, there's going to be great need as we move forward. I'm going to ask you to seek the Lord. How do you do more than just attend? I'm going to, I've said it before, I'll say it again until I die. We are not interested in just being attenders here. We want to attach. We want to be part of. We want to receive from the body and give to the body. In a healthy, symbiotic relationship, if you want to use that term. It's, there's giving and receiving. There's both that takes place. And you say, I have nothing to give. That's a lie. God made you with more to give than you realize. And one of the things that we want to help you do is not just say, well, we need so many workers in children's ministry. Or we need so many workers. No. How has God made you? How has he formed you? What are the gifts and the abilities and the desires that he's put in you and where does that fit within the needs that we have within the body or the things we're not even aware of we need in the body but God's made you a certain way because he wants to open our eyes to it. So it's not just I have to be a peg that fits in a hole somewhere. You are uniquely designed to be part of this body if God's called you here and to meet a need that we could not meet any other way. Even if you're doing the same job that, quote, somebody else is doing, nobody does it the way you do it. Nobody. That excites me. The way God puts all this together. I want to read something to you and then I want us to take some time to pray. Um, one of our elders and by the way, Could I ask my elders, again, if you're the ones that are in the room, would you just come stand up here in the front, either side, wherever you happen to be, just stand on either side here in the front. I just want people to be able to see you, again, identify and know who you are. Um, And in a moment, we're going to pray. And if you have questions or need to pray with someone who's wrestled through this, we're going to be here and available. And we have prayer partners to do that and and just one another. This week, I was just asking the Lord how to present all this to you. And the Lord kept bringing me back to John 10 and this picture of sheep. And so I think it was Wednesday, uh, I was talking with one of the elders and um, began to share with me. He was sharing with me what God had shared with him that morning in his just quiet time, just time with him. And he'd written down some notes. He didn't know what God was stirring in my heart I had no idea what God was stirring in his heart. But he shared it with me. And I asked, would you send that to me? And so this is an excerpt from what he wrote down in his time with the Lord that morning. I move my sheep from pasture to pasture. The flock moving from one normal to another normal. This is healthy. This is mandatory. This is life-giving. I give life and life to the full. Abundantly more than you can handle. But you need to be faithful and obedient. Sheep that do not move, flocks that do not move, end up weak, emaciated, and ripe for attacks from predators and enemies. My rod and my staff comfort only where I am. It is deadly to stay in yesterday's pasture. I believe that God is saying now is the time. Follow me into... New pastures, fresh pastures. I believe this is time. We're in agreement that this is time. I didn't force anybody up here. Matter of fact, I gave them every opportunity to say, don't do this. (laughs) We believe God has said, now is the time. Uh, It wasn't right a year ago. It wasn't right two years ago or five years ago. Now is the time. Again, we, Lord willing, we'll begin this on March 15th. March the 8th will be our picnic that we do together that day. We just have the 1045 service and then the picnic following. That's our our spring family picnic. Um, that's the day that time change happens. That's all on March the 8th. So we will have kind of broken the rhythm for that day. And then the next Sunday is when we would begin this. There will be children's ministry happening in both services. Um, but... For five weeks at least, we're asking for our adult Bible studies in six four. We won't meet on Sunday mornings as we are currently right now, um, and we will kind of sort through all of that during that time and figure out what it looks like going forward. All right. Thank you for your willingness to just keep following the shepherd, because I'm not the shepherd. I you say well, you're the pastor. I, I'm an under shepherd, I guess is the term of scripture, but I'm not the shepherd. I'm not the one who's in charge. Sometimes I'd like to be, but I'm not. These guys, they're under shepherds, but they're not the shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. And his plan is good. It always is. I mean, how many of you would testify with me that there have been things in the past where you knew God was in it, but you didn't want to do it, and you look back on it now and think, I'm so glad we did that. Would you just wave at me? All right? if you've never had that experience you're about to (laughs) you're about to I'm gonna lead us in prayer and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna invite you to pray we're gonna take a few minutes and we're just gonna pray you can pray with someone close to you or get two or three together if you like if you want to pray with one of us you're welcome to do that we'll kinda scatter around we'll be in the room we'll just kinda scatter around the room if you want to say hey pray with me I'm a little fearful Maybe you say, hey, I've been in places before and it didn't turn out well. Um, All I can tell you is that when you follow the shepherd, he leads you exactly where you're supposed to go. That's all I can tell you. I can't promise you anything else other than when you follow him, he leads you where you're supposed to be. But maybe you need time to process through that and pray through that. We're here to do that. But pray with one another. Maybe you're really excited about that. Here's one other thing I would share with you as your pastor, as as your shepherd, under-shepherd, if you will don't tell somebody else how to feel in this okay don't tell them how they're supposed to feel some are going to be really excited some are not that's okay we walk together we love one another we care for one another and we all end up at the place that jesus wants us to be lord jesus help us because we're following you we really do believe that this is what you're saying And we believe that you're doing a new thing and it will be marvelous in our eyes. Lord, this is not about just having more people. You know my heart, Lord. I'm not really interested in just having more people for the sake of having more people. But I do want to be more effective. I do want to advance your kingdom. I want you to flow through me and through us to impact this community in ways that we cannot imagine. But Lord, it doesn't have to be like anybody else or the way anybody else has done it. And so, Lord, today, would you go with your church, with your body? Would you be with us? Would you encourage us? Would you speak to us? I pray, Lord, we'd hear your voice and we'd have faith because faith comes by hearing. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us in the obstacles that will have to be overcome and the inconveniences that will come along and the the ups and downs of change. Help us, Lord. Give us love and graciousness and patience with each other and with ourselves. Lord, do what only you can do. And as we walk through this, like so many other things, we'll be able, down the road, at whatever point in time, we'll be able to look back and say, God, you were faithful. You've always been and you still were. Lord, you are Ebenezer. You are the one who has led us to this point and you will be Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. And so Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.